Welcome to the HEAL podcast for all things related to Lyme disease and other chronic illnesses. I'm Mimi McLean, Mama 5, founder of Lyme 360 and a Lyme warrior. Tune in each week to hear from doctors, health practitioners, and experts to hear about their treatments, struggles, and triumphs to help you on your healing journey. I'm here to heal with you. Hi, welcome back to the HEAL podcast. This is Mimi, and today we have Arnaud Goran. He is the author and founder of Total Health Mastery. We are going to be talking about his seven steps to reprogramming yourself today. This is going to be a three-part series. The second podcast is going to be a medical intuitive healing one-on-one with myself and Arnaud. And then the third one will be in a couple of months where we come back and we talk about my healing process and what he had recommended during that time. So I'm so excited to have him on today and to talk about his journey and how he invented the seven steps to reprogramming yourself. Arnaud Goran, I'm very excited for you to be on today. Thank you so much. Can we just start out talking about your journey and how you came about like starting um, your total health mastery? Absolutely. A lot of times when I tell people I grew up in a crack house with two deaf crack addicts, they think I'm just kidding. But that actually did happen. Both my parents were deaf, so I speak fluent sign language. And they had a horrible freebase, actually, you know, smoking cocaine addiction. They actually had drug problems from before I was born. But when I was eight, they started smoking cocaine all day, every day, all the time. And I thought that was the real problem, but really their verbal violence, their neglect, and the physical abuse and all the other types of abuse that I experienced growing up nearly killed me. And by the time I was 22, I'd been to every kind of doctor I could find in a phone book and had been diagnosed with a long list of so-called incurable diseases. I was basically told my last naturopath, or no, if you don't do something different soon, you're not going to be around much longer. So at 22 years old, I was literally told there was no way I was going to get better. I had tried everything every doctor told me to do. So I'm obviously not dead. Here I am still, and I'm not 22 anymore. So what happened? Well, I started praying and asking for answers. And it wasn't long before I started learning about nutrition. I found out there's a lot of information about how the body works out there, hidden in books, and sometimes in audio programs that you're just not going to find anywhere else. Not if you go to your naturopath, your Chinese doctor, your Ayurvedic doctor, or obviously not your Western medical doctor. And so right away, I just started putting it all together into a training program as I saw myself get completely better within six months. That's amazing. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry you had that upbringing. I mean, it's awful. And what were your like symptoms out of that? I mean, the fact that you're here is amazing, but what were your symptoms out of, out of that experience? Like what were you experiencing? Really from birth, I had allergies that were horrible. I mean, for someone who's had allergies, you can understand it's an absolute suffering that your nose doesn't stop running. And I remember being a freshman in high school and I would run out of the box of tissue that I had brought with me to school. So I'd have to go to the bathroom during class and grab those brown like paper towels that people used to dry their hands and blow my nose in those all day. And my nose would turn red like Rudolph. And then I wouldn't be able to breathe through my nose. And that just went on for at least five years. I didn't breathe through my nose at all. At 13, I was in the ER with asthma attacks. I couldn't breathe. They gave me inhalers. They gave me things for my sciences that I'd have that forever. Obviously, I don't have asthma anymore. I, 16, I was diagnosed with arthritis. I remember the, the doctor. This was at Northgate Hospital in Seattle. It's just north of downtown. And he, he comes out and he says, well, I looked at your x-rays and you've got arthritis, but there's nothing we can do. So you just kind of have to learn to live with the pain. I don't, oh, have, no. I don't have any arthritis. I don't have any swelling. All my fingers were red and swollen. It was six months before I could get my dad to take me to the doctor because 
didn't really care. At 18, yeah. I developed ulcer. At 19, I started having blood come every time I went to the bathroom. And it was very scary because I'd already been to so many general practitioners and I didn't know what to do. I was only 19 and I had tried everything yeah. I, knew, I knew to do. So right. by the time I was 22, I didn't just have blood coming out and pain in multiple areas of my body. I was so tired and my brain was so exhausted. I couldn't even remember the things I read. Like I was trying to you know, go to naturopathic medical school and I was so exhausted that I couldn't be an A student anymore. I couldn't remember the chemistry textbooks. So at that point, I declined admission to Bastyr, which is one of the best naturopathic schools, and said, listen, I'm too sick to go to school. I got to figure out how to get better now. I, I was sleeping 12 hours a day, and I would be completely exhausted when I was awake. That's where I was at. And so I wasn't that surprised when Dr. Molly told me that I was going to die. I was really, really ill. And did he like diagnose you with anything? Well, Dr. Molly Linton did give me a long list of diagnoses, an ulcer, candida overgrowth. She said having pain in my whole body might be fibromyalgia, but she didn't want to go down that path and diagnose me with that, but it sure sounded like it. You know, sleeping 11, 12 hours every day could be diagnosed as chronic fatigue syndrome. Of course, I was diagnosed with tons of stuff before I ever met Dr. Molly Linton. I'm trying to think. There was like 20 different you know, things I was diagnosed with throughout my life. Sinusitis, rhinitis, I already mentioned asthma. She told me I had total adrenal failure. My adrenals didn't work at all. I had literally zero adrenal functioning. She said I was hypothyroidism. My thyroid wasn't working very well. It was almost gone. And what she said is once your thyroid's gone, then your pituitary is next. And all the other glands below the thyroid are not working right now. So, so once the pituitary goes, you're off the planet. That's it. Oh my gosh. That's awful. So what was your takeaway from the nutrition part? Like you were eating completely wrong. Like what is the right way to be eating? Well, it's hard to say the right way because if you tell people the right way to be eating, they'll get very upset because we live in a country, the United States of America, that has very, very rigid beliefs about how the body works and what you're supposed to eat. And I would like to say it's much better to know nothing than to really strongly believe things that are absolutely lies and not true. It's much easier for me to teach someone how the body works when I've already undone the things they think they know that are true that are just not true. Mm -hmm. The source of all this misinformation is from two places, really. The main place being the National Dairy Council. They provide and have been since 1915 all of the health education to American public schools. So when you're five years old and you go to school and the teacher tells you you have to drink milk for calcium, they are outright lying to you because drinking milk causes osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. Four countries with the highest rates of osteoporosis are the four countries that eat the most dairy. So you don't drink milk for calcium. You drink milk if you want to get osteoporosis. That's the scientific fact. So why does the National Dairy Council have rights to brainwash all of our children? It's money because they want to get the money for the lunch money, (laughs) right? Yeah, they are a marketing arm. In 1915, they, with the meat industry and egg industry, decided to build a marketing company. Hey, let's, let's market our products. They thought, well, let's provide marketing materials to public schools and say it's education. And it's said, hey, it's free stuff, free material. Let's take it. And they are still doing it now. Look, the NFL has a program called NFL 60, where they try to get kids to work out for 60 minutes every day and get out of their house, stop playing video games. And the National Dairy Council is one of the main sponsors. And I've seen little kids on TV saying, it's really important to drink dairy milk because now everyone's drinking soy milk and oat milk and rice milk and everything but dairy because it's super bad for you. And they're still brainwashing our kids. And it's not just about milk. It's also about protein. That's where the big problem is, is that most people think you have to eat meat to get protein. 
But the reality is it's the worst thing you could ever eat if you want to be an athlete or be healthy. It actually just undermines everything you're doing. If you're trying to have muscles, you're trying to have endurance, it's the worst thing you could eat. But I just said something that everyone's going to get mad about because everyone already knows the truth. And that, and that everyone knows thing is really strong. So yeah, I changed my diet, but it was very different than what the average person would think is healthy. And if Mm -hmm. you took what I did to your doctor, they would tell you it's unhealthy. And yet here I am alive. And if you followed their program, I would have been dead. Right. So are you a plant-based eater now? Well, there's only one diet that's actually healthy in the human body. If you look at your body and what happens to when you put food in the body, you're going to see a negative response to most everything that you're eating and a positive response to a small amount of what you normally eat. But if you switch it up to only eating foods that your body responds to well, your body's going to change. So in 1929, there was a study done. You can find this in Dr. Gabriel Cousins' book, Spiritual Nutrition. And what they found was that if you eat a meal that has at least 50 milligrams of food that is dead, generally by heating, that your body goes into leukocytosis, which means that white blood cells come out of your spinal cord where they're supposed to be and go into your bloodstream to fight a foreign invader. When you're really healthy, there are no white blood cells in your bloodstream, which sounds contrary because everyone always measures a white blood cell count and they're supposed to be a normal range. Well, that's the normal sick person range. A normal healthy person has zero white blood cells in their blood because they're all waiting in the spinal cord for something to actually do because they're actually healthy and their immune system doesn't need to do anything. It's just relaxing, waiting. And it's going to be very, very strong compared to the average person whose immune system is working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So if you have a healthy person and you put 50 milligrams, which is like a little pill of food that's been heated too high so that it can't grow in the ground anymore in your mouth and you swallow it, the white blood cells are going to come out of your spinal cord and go into your bloodstream to fight that toxic invader. That's called leukocytosis. Now, what they found in that study, but that's unique because we already knew that from before that, is if you put something in your mouth and eat it that is not dead, like an almond that is raw or a piece of fruit or some kale or spinach or something that's not cooked, that's not dead, that could still grow, that doesn't happen. Your body doesn't go into leukocytosis. Mm -hmm. I once did a study with some of my students back in 2004 where we ate only food that's alive, living food diet. Sometimes you can call it the life food diet. If you look up Dr. David Jubb, that's J-U-B-B. His diet program is actually a little bit more advanced, life food diet. I, I actually prescribed it, his program. So if you follow that program for a month, which I did, I was on four months and a couple of my students were on one month, and then we did live blood analysis. Do you know what that is? Yes, I do. I've done that before. Yes. Okay. So for those who are watching that don't know, you take a little pinprick of blood from your fingertip. And you put it on a slide, you know, like a chemistry microscope slide. And then you put it under a microscope. And then you look at your blood on a TV right there in real time, live blood analysis. You're looking at your blood. And our blood, both of us, looked amazing. All the red blood cells were round. A lot of times people have funky looking red blood cells, all round and all able to move around and flow in the fluid. Okay, then my student ate two bites of kale that we steamed, that we bought from the farmer's market that day that had never even been in the refrigerator. It was picked that day, like the healthiest thing you could ever think of, but we steamed it. So that's 212 degrees Fahrenheit, 100 degrees Celsius is steam, and life died at 108 degrees Fahrenheit. So we killed it, right? So my student ate that. I ate a peach. 30 minutes later, we looked at our blood again. Mine looked exactly the same. Nothing happened. Her blood, on the other hand, was completely jacked up. All the red blood cells were stuck together and nothing could move. And actually, the best part was the gal that did the live blood analysis, this was her profession. She had a look of shock on her face. 
Yeah. And I said, so what does it mean? And she, the body went into a toxic shock reaction. She didn't know that's what happens when you eat even a little bit of things that are dead. So if you switch over from eating dead things to living things, your body's going to work a lot better. The problem with me telling you this is that most people are just going to try to do what I just said and start eating more or all living foods. And they're going to feel sick. And they're going to say, I feel worse. This doesn't work. That guy lied to me. This is BS. Those studies were false, blah, 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 because they don't know what they're doing. You can't just switch over directly. You're going to start detoxing really fast and you're going to get sick from the crap that's been built up in your system for the last however many decades, trying to come out so quick that you feel like you have the flu or worse. And you're going to think it's because you're not getting enough animal protein, which is absolutely stupid and ridiculous and just like insane because it has nothing to do with it at all. But that's where we are. We live in a society where people have no idea how their body actually works. That's crazy. So that's a great segue into your program that you could find online, right? Which is like the seven-step program. And that's what you're doing is you're helping people through this. Well, now you're switching from the body to the mind. And I am capable of fixing anybody on either side. And I know that that's not very normal, but that is where I've gotten to at this point in my career, in my life. There's six courses in my university online in school where you can listen to these courses I've taught. And one of them covers how to cleanse the body without cleansing reactions, which is what you have to know if you want to really transition from eating what you've been eating to being really healthy. And you'll see people transform their whole body in a matter of weeks going through that type of detox very quickly without getting sick. So that program is designed to take someone who knows nothing at all. You know, just a normal average person, never studied anything, a Western medical doctor, same realm because they know zero about nutrition unless they've studied on their own. They're not going to learn it in medical school. It's not their fault. It's just not part of the training. Someone like that's going to go through my courses on the body and they're going to know more about how to fix their body than any other type of training that they're going to be able to purchase no matter how much money they spend. But not everyone wants to learn about their body. Some people want to learn about their mind. And the reality is if you're trying to fix your body, there's a good possibility that part of or the entire root cause of the problem is emotional, mental, or spiritual, which is why we have to learn all those parts of ourselves if we want to achieve our optimal level. Right. Okay. So can we talk a little bit about that in the mind part and this in the emotional part? Yeah, absolutely. So going through what I went through as a kid, as you know, my parents were very mentally abusive. You know, being screamed at as loud as possible by people who can't hear is very traumatizing. They have them scream at each other and at me over and over and over again. It was like putting stacks of emotional pain on top of more stacks. And I was just like building this giant brick bag that I was carrying everywhere. And it was so heavy that I probably would have been diagnosed with depression. I mean, I went to- Were you an only child? No, I had three younger brothers, but growing up only had two. So I was the oldest of three. And I did my best to take care of my two younger brothers. I mean, I was the one who did the grocery shopping. I started doing the grocery shopping at 11. I would take my mom because she was afraid to leave the house because she was afraid of the satanic cult that she made up in her head that was going to kidnap us and eat us and whatever. So she wouldn't go anywhere without me. So I had to take her to the bank. I had to take her to, and I did everything. I picked out the groceries. I made the shopping list. I budgeted everything. I did the shopping. I put the food away. Like I took over all duties of being there for them. My dad would clean once in a while. Whenever he cleaned, he'd scream at anyone who got anywhere near him the whole time. So I did most of the cleaning as well. I did all the laundry, mowed the lawn, washed the dogs, like everything. When I was 11, up until I moved out when I was 18. So going through that, I was severely mentally traumatized. Like I couldn't even talk loud enough to be heard. 
I had a lisp. I mumbled everything I said. I stored all my words together. If you asked me how I was doing, the only word I could respond with was fine. And I couldn't possibly say it that loud. I mean, the emotional pain that I felt was unfathomable for most people. Like I should be dead from that. Yeah. I'm surprised you even went to school. Oh yeah. Well, I was always top of my class, but it was really difficult because... Amazing. I mean, I'd, I'd get up, you know, getting screamed at or something, go to class, do school, come home and try to do my homework and take care of everything else. So yeah, it was really hard. And I, what else could I do? You know, kill myself? No. Mm-hmm. Other people would have done that. I wasn't going to do that. I never had mm-hmm. any desire but to go forward because I knew that someday it wasn't going to be like that. Someday mm-hmm. I was going to turn all that stuff around and make my life into something worth living and make my life into something of a contribution to the world. I knew I could do something great. And that was just the precursor to it. If I didn't go through what I went through, there would be no seven steps to reprogramming right. yourself, which is what right. most people start with when they go through my courses, is they learn how to start removing those bricks of emotional pain permanently. And when I say permanently, people usually get upset because that's not supposed to be possible. You're not supposed to be able to take the emotional pain of your past and remove it permanently. Everyone says it's impossible, but yet you can do it now. Mm-hmm. And how is that done? Can you give us an example or talk to a little bit more detail yeah. about that? Yeah. So what we're really doing is we're going into your mind and we're removing the negative beliefs that were created from the original trauma that you went through that then creates a repeating pattern in your life. Like, for example, let's say that when you were a kid, your parents got divorced when you were five and you saw the whole fight and the breakup and your dad yelling and him screaming and your mom screaming and dad saying, fine, I'm out of here. And he ran out the door and never came back. And that day, a whole bunch of emotion and thoughts were formed clumped up into a big rock inside of you. What we're doing is we're actually removing that rock. Now what happens is that rock becomes a magnet and you begin to attract into your life an experience that matches that exact frequency or that feeling and those thoughts over and over again. And it just keeps repeating and repeating and repeating into forever. And to be able to go and remove that emotion and those negative thoughts is supposed to be impossible, like I said. So here are the, the basic concepts of the seven steps and how it works. If you think of yourself as a computer, that rock is like a file stored in the hard drive of the computer. Like You can go into the file folder and find it. And you can even, if you really want to, identify where it came from. But it's not necessary to know when it got installed, like that original time. It doesn't matter if you can remember that or not. Step one of the seven steps is to open up the file folders of your computer and pick what you want to work on. Okay, I want to go into the folder called money, or I want to go into the folder called health, and I want to see if there's anything mental causing me to, let's say, have Lyme's disease, for example. And what if your Lyme's disease is there Mm -hmm. because of a mental root cause? Well, then we want to look in that folder and see if there's anything in there. So that's the first step is look into what folder you want to look into. The second step is once you found something, like let's say you go into the folder of Lyme disease and you find that there's this trauma from when you were a kid that's actually part of why you, or maybe it's all of why you attracted the experience of getting that disease, which would be kind of interesting on a metaphysical level if that was 100% of the root cause. Sometimes it's only part of it. Sometimes it mm-hmm. is all of it, for even for a health challenge. You know, someone might have a headache and you erase their anger and all of a sudden their headache goes away. Well, that's not too far-fetched. Of course, that makes sense. But what if we erase the abandonment and then all of a sudden your Lyme disease went away? Well, that's impossible, is it? So I don't think it is because I think it's kind of like cancer. Everyone's exposed to cancer. Everyone's exposed to Lyme. Not everyone, but you can be exposed to Lyme. I can be exposed to Lyme. I become a chronic Lyme patient where you don't even know you even were exposed, right? 
And it's what yeah. triggers that. And maybe it's the emotional component that you're talking about, or maybe it's something else. But. Yes, exactly. It could be why you attracted it. It could be why your immune system isn't able to get rid of it. We can look at it from multiple points of view. So it can be part of or completely the root cause. So you go in the folder and step two is to start erasing what's in the folder. And steps three and four basically are keep erasing what's in there until it's all gone. And once you've deleted all the programming, because we're actually deleting thought forms, words, and there's other methods out there that work on the energy body, that work on your spirit, that work on your your emotions, but where we're actually deleting words, actual beliefs, which is very unique. There's no other process that deletes the actual thoughts. And these rocks inside of you are made up of thoughts. They're not pure emotion. Emotion is the chemical that we feel in the body that's generated by thoughts. Every time you think a thought in your head, in your brain, there is a chemical created that we call emotion. Thoughts generate emotions, but they're not the same thing. So if you release the emotion from your body by crying, you're not erasing the thoughts that caused those feelings in the first place. What we're doing is actually erasing the thoughts causing the feelings in the first place, which is going back to the core level. And so you're going inside and deleting all the thoughts, all the programs, we call them, because they're like HTML code on a computer. You know, it's, it's the programming that makes up the matrix of reality. It's like how Neo figured out in the movie The Matrix that everything was just made up of coding. And if he could just change the coding, he could change reality. Well, that's what we're doing. We're going mm-hmm. inside and changing the coding inside of you. So once we remove it all, then step five is to write the new beliefs, write the new programming, what you want to be there. You know, I'm healthy. I'm strong. I feel good every day. When I wake up in the morning, I feel fantastic. And that becomes the new programming that's automatically effortlessly there all the time. Just like the old programming was automatically effortlessly there all the time. It just hurt a lot. So we got rid of the hurt and painful stuff and we put in what we want and that becomes permanently there. Now, step six is when you essentially make it permanent. There's a way that you can cause the process to be a permanent process. That's what step six is. Then step seven is, okay, the next day, go look in that folder again and make sure you didn't miss any lines. Make sure you deleted every single line because when you're actually doing it, you might start to get tired or a little bit worn out. And then the next day you look and like, oh, I didn't actually finish it. (laughs) I thought I was done, but I was just so Mm -hmm. tired. There was still a little bit left. And so you just check. And that's the seven steps in a nutshell. It actually takes me three days to teach someone how to do it properly. And a lot of people will take the three-day weekend course online over and over again. Like literally yesterday, this gal, Michelle, emailed me and said, I'm taking it again. I love it so much. It's so good. People will take it the second time, the third time, watch the video of the course and write to me and say, I'm really getting it now. It's my third time. I'm really understanding you know, how to use it to get rid of procrastination, how to use it to have more money, how to use it to have better relationships. Because we're also talking about the nature of reality and how we're manifesting our experience of life. Hmm, that's really interesting. Now, how does that relate to your five-step emotional eraser class? That's a great question. So when you are looking at repeating patterns in life, like let's say someone has a repeating pattern of being sick and they don't want to be sick. Like I was sick. I didn't want to be sick. And they can't undo the pattern. Like no matter how many courses they take, no matter how many books they read, no matter how many diets they go on, they just can't get rid of the pattern. Usually it's something that you need to seven step, which is in the mind and or something you need to five step using the five step emotional eraser, which is in the soul. You as a soul create intentions for your life. And sometimes you create intentions that you don't want to keep replaying. And a lot of these are inherited from your parents. So they're ancestral patterns. They can be patterns of your soul you brought in, and they can be patterns that you created as a child. 
And so you can have a repeating pattern that's rooted in the intention level or the visualization level or the soul level, the energetic level, not thought forms, not belief patterns, not the mental level, a totally different part of you, a spiritual part of you. And we've got to undo those patterns too. And if you don't know how to do that, you can clear a lot of things with the seven steps and you can change a lot of your life. But at some point, you're going to run into a pattern that just won't go away no matter how many times you try to apply the seven steps to it. And it's because you're going to realize, oh, this pattern is not mental. There are no negative thoughts there. This is actually something else. This is energetic. And that's when the five steps comes in. And that's how you erase the energy behind a repeating pattern. And you're going to be able to erase 95% of repeating patterns with just those two tools. I have two other tools for transformation. And those would take up probably most of the other 5% of what you need to do so that you can actually transform your whole life. And this also leads us into things like permanent chakra balancing. Chakra balancing is when you clean out the energy centers of your body. And the problem is that if you go to someone who does it or learn how to do it, you're just doing it temporarily. You're taking things out and the next time you think about the thing that triggered those blockages in your system, they'll just come right back. Whereas we're actually removing the blockages permanently. So each day you'll look and see less and less in your energy field until one day you'll wake up in the morning and see nothing in any of your chakras and everything looks fantastic. That's amazing. How did you like come about making these programs? I'm just kind of blown away right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm a very spiritual person and it really started when I was 15 and then when I was 17. And I learned when I was 17 that it's not just me praying to the universe or to God or the great spirit. I mean, you can call that divine force, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter to me. It's all the same thing. So when I pray and ask for answers, they come to me. You know, when I was 17, I learned that it's not a one-way conversation, me to the universe. The universe can also speak to us. And if we can learn to listen, to pay attention, to see, to feel, to know the guidance, then we can follow that guidance to our answers. And that's literally how I created all these courses. As I prayed and asked for answers, and a book came, a course came, a person came, a teacher came, and I would just gobble these things up. And I would keep getting answers, like the seven steps. It was answer by answer, piece by piece. And one day I had a miracle happen to me. And it was like all the pieces fit together. And I understood how the mind works, how it's designed. There literally is a design to the human mind that's the same for all people. It never changes. And then it's unique because all the files are different. But the design of it is the same. It's the structure that doesn't change. So I understood it. And then I understood how to go in and take something out. Now, I didn't realize at the time that I was creating something that no one had ever done before. I just wanted to heal myself. <laughs> I was in hell. I literally was in hell and I wanted to get out. But as time went on, I tried to teach other people. I saw like, no one's ever figured this out ever? Like in human history, no one ever? No. Wow. Well, I guess that makes it important. But in the beginning, I just wanted to get out of hell. I wanted to stop suffering. I wanted to stop being upset 50 times a day. I wanted to stop struggling financially. I wanted to feel better. And so it was a matter of a desperate need. Like, I was 22 and Dr. Molly Linton told me I'm going to die. So I either had to figure out how to fix my body or die. And it was the same with my mind. I either had to figure out how to heal my mind or I was probably going to die from that. So those are my choices. And I got to give you mm -hmm. some of this, some secrets there. Number one, I never believed anyone when they told me that something couldn't be done. Mm -hmm. Right. Every doctor that told me I'd never get better. I always thought the same thing to myself. I didn't speak it out loud. I just thought, well, just because you don't know how to do it doesn't mean it can't be done. It just means you don't know how. 
I didn't assume that because they're a Western medical doctor or a naturopath or a Chinese doctor who taught acupuncture in Beijing or a Qigong master or a Reiki master or a chiropractor or, I mean, these are like, I went to everybody, right? It didn't matter that what their credentials were. When they said it couldn't be done, I just thought, that just means you don't know how to do it. And the right. same thing happened when I tried to figure out how to do the seven steps, how to heal the mind. I went to so many courses. I went to talk to so many people, went to so many different types of healers, and they all said it can't be done. And I thought the same thing. Well, that just means you don't know how to do it. It never, ever meant to me that it can't be done. And I think part of that is I was born that way. And part of it is because I went to a really good martial arts school and we trained every day to believe there's no such thing as can't. And that anything you put your mind, body, and spirit into, you can achieve. So if you really, really mm -hmm. believe you're going to go for any goal, you can achieve it. So I achieved these now seemingly monumental goals that at the time were just what I had to do. And there was no such thing as can't. Mm -hmm. Now, do you also obviously pre-COVID have an office or is everything online? Well, we'd like to do our workshops in nice venues like hotels. There's a really nice spiritual center we use sometimes just because we like to pick locations that have free parking and big cushy chairs, <laughs> to mm -hmm. be honest. We want to really take care of our all of our students that come to the workshops. Although now that we are in the you know COVID time for a little while longer, we're doing most things online on Zoom. Like next month, I'm doing a course called Life Coaching Certification. So once you've gone through and learned the four major tools of transformation, then you can learn how to do one-on-ones for a living. And it could be called mentorship. It could be called something different, but everyone likes life coaching. And it really is life coaching, just so different than how life coaching normally is. Well, that course is going to be on Zoom, which in a way is better because no one has to travel to go to the course. Mm -hmm. I need everyone to be on their computer because they're actually going to build a whole coaching business in five days. So they need to have their computer. Wow. Whereas in, in February, we are going to do a course live in Orange County, and it is legal for us to do it there right now. So that'll probably be the only live one we're doing this year, though. Right. And then how do you do the chakra clearing? Is that in person or do you also do that online? So first, you have to learn the seven steps to reprogramming yourself. Because when you look okay. in your chakras, you're going to see solid things. You're going to see rocks. Sometimes they're so round. I could see it. If I take the class and I am able to see it, it's not like I'm relying on you to do it. Oh, no. I'm going to teach you how to do it yourself. You're going to learn wow. how to do that. Actually, that'll be in February. So the first course is the seven steps. And then the second course is life transformation. You learn the five steps, the emotional repolarization technique, and completion. So those make up the four major tools of transformation. Once you know those, then you can come to becoming your authentic self. And literally on the first day, the very first thing we start doing is learning how to look at our energy field. Now, in those courses before becoming your authentic self, I am doing some precursory training to develop your intuition. Every single human being is born with nine senses. And I actually learned that first when I was 15 years old from a MIT brain scientist named Pete Sanders Jr., so he said, every human has nine senses, the five basic senses, and then the four intuitive senses that people clump together into the sixth sense. And everyone's born with them. They're part of your design, but they get broken down, turned off, really, is how mm -hmm. I like to say it. They just get turned off. And so I have figured out that if you know the four major tools of transformation, how to turn them on really fast. And so once you know those tools and you come to becoming your authentic self, we start turning them all on. And by the end of the third day of that course, you'll be able to do a reading, which means you'll be able to access the, the truth from the, the source, from the great divine, and share that with someone else in a session. You can download content. I've had students write an entire book or near an entire book during the course. You can download a speech. You can download whatever you want directly from source once you've opened up these channels. And so 
what you're going to learn how to do is open up your vision, which is actually a big part of the second course, because to do the five steps, you do need to open up your intuitive vision, clairvoyance. And so then your vision's open, it's turned on. Now let's apply it to looking at our own energy body. Let's look mm -hmm. at our own chakras. And we start looking. And if you don't see, well, that just means there's more work to do to turn that part of your intuition on. Now, this is really unique. You know, one of my, my top students, she's been my protege for eight years. Her name's Merit. She went to a training on clairvoyance where if you're under 38 years old, it's a one-year training. If you're over 38, it's a two-year training. And there's no guarantee that you'll be able to see intuitively. I guarantee 100% of my students will be able to see by the end of the third day. And they all raise their hand. Every single person who's ever taken that course raises their hand by the third day. And they are all have full access to their intuition, every single person. So you'll be able to see your own chakras. You'll eventually be able to see other people's chakras. We did a little bit of that training on the fifth day last time, like practicing looking at someone else's energy mm -hmm. field, looking at their past experiences and what would happen to them, looking at their chakras, looking at who they're being, the vibration they're emitting, and being able to see what's actually causing it, which is just magical. So that's really moving into more like helping other people. You know, if you become one of my mm -hmm. coaches, you'll be able to look at someone else, even over the phone, and see what's in their chakras. That's what that's a lot of what I do sometimes with the more advanced students I've had. Like I've had some clients for like five years, and they call me and say, "Can you look at my chakras and tell me what's in there?" Sure. You can look like right now over the phone and just like read people. You don't have to be in person. No, I can tell that's you what's amazing. in your chakras right now. Anyone can learn how to do this. I wasn't born able to do this. These are all skills I've developed over time, mm -hmm. and it's easy to teach them when you know these tools of how to clear things out. Yeah. That's scary because I'm sitting here talking like, wait, what are you thinking? Or what do you, what do you know about me that I don't even know about me? <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not actually looking. I'm not like trying to see anything. But if I were to look, I would see a lot. <laughs> That's crazy. Just so you know, no one can see anything that you don't want them to see. So don't worry. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Well, you know, this is kind of off subject, but I kind of, this is all new to me. But at the same time, my daughter, I sent her to a woman who kind of, believes obviously in, in all of this. And she teaches kids under the age of 12, you have to be under 12 and she can teach them to read blindfolded. Mm. So by using that clairvoyant, you know, ability, like sixth sense, she didn't say the word sixth sense, but I'm just saying it. And she was able to, like, she could literally be up in the top floor. I could call her and she, all of a sudden she didn't even need to be blindfolded anymore. I could be like, what am I doing? And she could tell me what I was doing if she was tuning in. It was crazy. Like, and my, my husband wouldn't believe me. He's like, let me see. I, there's no way. I'm like, pick out any book in the house, give it to her and let her start reading. And it was like one of those masks that you cannot like see through. And she was able to start like reading. And he's like, are, are you kidding? Like, you know, it's really hard to comprehend, right? Like it's out of our wheelhouse on earth. We weren't trained that way. Like it's, and that's what she's saying. You have to do it under the age of 12 for her because after that, it's already been gone. Like we've already been trained ourselves to kind of let it leave. It's very hard to get back. Well, that's because she doesn't know my tools. Once she right. learns my tools, she'll be able to do it for anyone of any age. But it will take longer the older they are because there'll be more crap to clean out. The first time I ever heard of what you're talking about was one of my students that's a yoga master. I guess she's won a couple of yoga championships. And she said that her yoga teacher trained her to be able to do that too. So she could see blindfolded. She could see around her and took yeah. her along. But she was in her 20s when she developed it. So obviously it can be done. I've never yeah. heard that before. And I think that's pretty darn amazing. <laughs> to be it honest. was really cool. Like she's like, mom, I could see like the test on the teacher's desk, like with the answers on it. Like, <laughs> you know, and then like people were starting to make fun of her. So she stopped. Like she's kind of embarrassed oh. now. So she doesn't do it anymore. 
but it was really cool for a while. Like she was insecure. Like it made her be more insecure than like, be like, Hey, I have this cool thing. You know, when you're younger, you don't want to stand out. So, you know, she stopped doing it, but I really wish she would get back to it. Cause it's cool. Going online and doing these programs, do you get the same benefit as being in person? There's pluses and minuses. So when you're doing it in person, there are some things you can't get online. When you're doing it online, there's some things you can't get that you can only get that way that you can't get in person. So when you're doing it in person, there is an energy field that we create. My team actually works on the energy of the room before the course begins and throughout the entire course. We call these the volunteers that come do that event angels and some of my staff. And we train people. So once you're an advanced student, you can become an event angel and you can actually work on the room. And like I had this woman come in who was 80 with her kids. Her daughter is a medical doctor and her son's an engineer. And they spent 25 years taking every course on the planet, like Eastern and Western. Like they've been all over. They're from India originally. And they came up to me on the second day and said, how did you pick this hotel? And I said, why do you ask? Well, we've never been anywhere that feels this good. And I said, well, it's not actually the hotel. It's actually our team in the back. And she's like, you're right. It's not the whole hotel. It's just this room. I said, no, we worked on the whole hotel, but this room, this room is the best room I've ever been in in my life. There's something to the energy field that we generate. So when you're in the room, it creates a space, a field that you can transform in at a rate that's higher than you maybe do on your own, so to speak. So that's one benefit of being in person. Another benefit is that you're going to be with a whole bunch of other like-minded people. Basically, everyone is awesome. If they're not awesome, they didn't come. They wouldn't be in that room. They wouldn't even want to come and get rid of their old crap and learn how to do that. So you're going to meet these amazing people and you're going to partner up with people and work on stuff. And you're going to make friends and you're going to get buddies to practice with after. Now you can still do that online, but when you go in person, it's a little different. So, and then of course there's hugging and there's like physical contact and the experience of loving and being in the community. That's different. Part of what I do in the way I teach is I break down or melt down, I should say, people's fear of other people. We are tribal by nature. We need love just as much as we need food and air and water. And the American culture, people are afraid of other people, unconsciously mostly. And they have these shields up all the time. And so I create such a safe space that people start laying their shields down and they start to feel comfortable and they start to like the people in the room. And you can see their faces at the end of just the first weekend that they are filled up with love, but like they have never been. I had a medical professional, she was a nurse, but her, her husband and her, both her parents were medical doctors go through my courses. And I asked her if she would talk about my health training. And she got up there and I thought she was going to say that my health training was the best training she'd ever been through, even better than any medical school training. And she did say that. Before she said that, she said, this is the safest place I've ever been. And she started crying. Aww. I can't do that on computer, you know, on the phone. But if you take the course online, first of all, you have instant access to it. You can watch the entire three-day weekend in two days. You can watch it right now. You don't have to wait. You go to my website. It's totalhealthmasteryusa.com, totalhealthmasteryusa.com. So you go there, you click on register, you sign up, and literally within minutes, sometimes instantaneously, you get a text and an email, and you can log in, and you can press play. Like You don't have to wait for the next course, which right now might not be Mm -hmm. for a while of the pandemic. But even normally, you know, we only do them two or three times a year anyway. So you have instant access and you can go as fast as you want. You can go through the whole three days in two days and there's nothing to stop you from you know, just plowing through it and then watching it again right away. <laughs> or right. You can watch it over. You can press pause. You can rewind. What did he say? 
You have the slideshow. You can download that, print it out, write on the slideshow if you want to. You have a workbook that we created that you can download and write on that. All that is completely different. And then with our online community, we have a Facebook group only for graduates. You can ask someone to be your clearing buddy. And our administrator will partner people up. If someone asks for a clearing buddy, they'll go to the other people who ask for clearing buddies and say, hey, there's someone new that needs another clearing buddy. Because you can have more than one person that you meet with regularly by phone or Zoom or whatever. And practice erasing things together and getting better at it. And also practice coaching because a lot of people make a career out of using my tools to help other people. So doing it online, there's lots of benefits. Go over it again, start right away, ask as many questions as you want, anytime you want in the Facebook group. And then you can go through all the courses really quickly, but you also can't hug anyone through your computer. So there you go. Right. This has been amazing, Arno. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm excited to go check out your courses and take them and finish my healing. I'm almost there. And I just, I'm, I'm still like in pain, even though I'm able to get out of bed and get on with my life, but I just want to get to the, the next level to get me back to normal. So I'm, I'm excited to try to use your tools. What I would say for anyone that has a health challenge, the basic philosophy that should be common sense, it isn't common yet, is find the real cause of the problem. And some might say, well, the cause is Lyme disease. Okay, well, why do you have that? And why hasn't your body already gotten rid of it on its own? Your immune system is supposed to be able to protect you from everything. So why hasn't it done it yet? What's wrong with your system that it's not able to get rid of it? I've had plenty of clients get rid of viruses and they, they don't show up on their tests anymore. So why hasn't your body done that? So what's the real root cause? And the root cause can be physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. The four major tools of transformation work on the emotional, mental, and spiritual levels. You also need to learn about the body if you're going to achieve your results. Once you know what the root causes are, you have to figure out what tools are the right ones to use for those root causes. And if you do those things correctly, you should automatically, naturally, not a miracle, just common sense, get a result of your body working right again. And I've seen it so many times. We have thousands of testimonials. We took them all off of YouTube because it's not safe to share what we can do in that way. We only have testimonials for weight loss and you know, emotional, mental, spiritual stuff, you know, people becoming rich, people finding their soulmate. Like we have those testimonials up there, but the health ones, we took them all down, but we have them. And if you really want to learn how to find root cause, there's three major methods. And one of them is intuition or medical intuition. So you can learn that if you go through the basic, the seven steps, life transformation, becoming your authentic self, you'll learn how to do medical intuition and becoming your authentic self, which is coming up in February. But if you just try everything, you might waste a lot of time and never actually address the real root causes. But if you find the root cause and address it directly, you're going to get to your results a lot faster. It could be within days, mm -hmm. it could be months. Every person's unique and different. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much and have a great night. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Mimi. I'll see you soon. Take care. Don't forget to tune in next week to the second part of the podcast series where Arno will work with me and do a medical intuitive reading on my health. And I'm excited to share with you the behind the scenes. Thanks again. And we'll see you next week.